When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. It's time to turn out the lights, grab some popcorn, and watch some horrible horror movies. This is the Terrible Terror Podcast. Each episode, I delve into the world of terrible horrors. Why do I do it? Well, can't explain it, but I love these horrible movies. If you've ever made a horror movie on your phone or made your own special effects MacGyver style, please send it my way. For this week, there is no better way to celebrate the week before Halloween than with one of Troma's classic movies. From 2007, this is Poultrygeist, Night of the Chicken Dead. You're sitting at home and your stomach is bubbling. No food in the fridge and your hunger is growing. say about trauma that others have not said before started by lloyd kaufman and michael hertz trauma excels at making independent low-budget horror movies with absurd houston i don't think i've ever seen a trauma movie take itself seriously kind of like those films from asylum for example before i go into the film i want to say what my experience with trauma film has been when i was around 13 or 14 years old i would stay up all night and watch up all night on usa as it was usually after duckman That's where I could see these raunchy B-rated skin flicks that showed no skin. Hey, I was a horny teenager without the internet. I could get it where I could, okay? Uh, Well, one night, they showed the Toxic Avenger, and I was pretty hooked. Of course, a lot of the nudity and bad words were taken out, but I still got to see old Toxie tear up those bad guys. Some, maybe not as much as others, but, you know, they, they showed what they could. They also showed a class of Newcomb High, but it didn't really enthrall me as much as the Toxic Avenger did. I even watched the old Toxic cartoon show when it was on. Even director James Gunn, last known for Guardians of the Galaxy, got his directorial debut with Troma. And as of 2010, many of Troma's films have been released to YouTube for free, with select films have a 48-hour rental period. I also heard that there's a uh, PG-13 version of the Toxic Avenger and maybe Class of Newcomb High that's going to be coming back to theaters. And while I wish they were an R rating, I really do hope that they bring Troma back into the mainstream. Or at least those characters, especially the Toxic. Though, I have to say, after watching this film, I hope that they keep on making many more independent movies as soon as possible. This film opens up on a sign stating that it's the place of an ancient Native American burial ground of the Tomahawk tribe. As you may notice, the Tromaverse spans everything from ancient Indians to cities to corporations. The sign reads, Desecrators will be cursed to the full extent of the ancient tribal law. 
The camera pans to the right, and we see two young kids going at it. Oh yeah, it's time for... Ass and titties, ass and titties, ass, ass, titties, titties, ass and titties. Ass, titties, ass and titties, ass, ass, titties, titties, ass and titties. Finally, after the dry spells that were TerraVision and Ghoulies, we finally get some TNA on this podcast. Well, the camera begins to focus in on our couple, and we hear the girl first say, Gosh, Arby, you're the best dry humper in school. Uh, thanks, Wendy. That's what the guys on the basketball team say. Uh. Is that really a compliment? And Wait, 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 wait. Are we just going to skip over the fact that he's dry humped the basketball team? I sure hope it's the women's team. Well, this is how we get introduced to our main characters, Arby and Wendy, by them trying to fuck. Arby begins to try to take off Wendy's bra, but can't seem to grasp how a backclasping bra works. Look, I know it can be hard when you've never seen a bra in person, but dude, tell me you've never seen one in a porno at least. Wait, have I ever seen one in a porno? I guess normally they don't wear a bra unless it's in one of those... But, but I'm getting off topic here. So Wendy's going to be ditching Arby for college, but she wants him to go with her. He explains why he cannot go. Wendy, my mom's a retard and my dad's blind. I mean, how am I supposed to take care of him if I'm off somewhere getting smart? What's off the bra for him? It's a back clasp, RB. And they both start to get down to business. That's when the Native Americans in the burial ground start getting all handsy with both RB and Wendy, ultimately putting an undead finger up Arby's ass. Arby seems to enjoy it, but not really the dead guy. The hand tries to pull away and its finger breaks off right inside of Arby, which Arby thinks that Wendy's putting some sort of butt plug up his ass. Uh, that's what you get for not using lube, tough guy. This shot also shows us that Arby has a Go Yankees tattoo on him as well. We'll have to remember this for later. In the distance, we hear rustling. Who could this possibly be? Why, it's axe-wielding McGee's snooping on the kids. Arby automatically thinks that they're going to be killed, but nope, dude's just whacking it while they fuck. Of course, Wendy doesn't want to continue, that damn prude bitch. And they leave the place with the dude having the fakest dick you've ever seen in his hands. That damn creeper cockblock Arby. Yo. <laughs> After they leave, the axe wielder uh, picks up and sniffs Wendy's panties and then just kind of throws them off to the side. He then picks up Arby's, smells them, and then starts going to town to himself once again. As he keeps choking it, an undead hand pops out of the ground and impales him right up his pooper and through his mouth. The effect here is done actually really well, especially when you know that it's an independently done film. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I get good gore effects and DNA in this film? When did I get to the Disneyland of B-movie horror flicks? This is awesome. Cut to one college semester later, after the credits roll with this kind of cool uh, egg eye effect. Basically, the egg breaks open and then you see an eye in the yolk, and it's, it's actually pretty well done. And now Arby is pulling up to the New American Chicken Bunker, or ACB as it's going to be called from now on. He's wearing this sweet Toxic Avenger shirt, only 1995, kids, and asks one of the protesters where the old burial ground went. You suck, you corporate Hey, what happened to the ancient Tomahawk tribe sacred Indian burial ground that used to be here? They bulldozed it and replaced it with another one of those fast food restaurants. 
Now, there are a ton of signs that the protesters are holding out. And some of the ones that really kind of stood out to me were the She Loves the Cock sign and uh, one that said Clam, which comes out to be collegiate lesbians against mega conglomerations. Arby wanders around the, the crowd some more when he finds that Wendy is here and now she's a lesbian. He thinks that she's back and that he has a chance to get her back, right? Wendy, you said college would never change you. Arby, college is all about broadening your horizons and experimentation. For instance, would Jacob Marinsky have ever discovered Promethium Element 61 if it weren't for experimentation? Jacob Marinsky co-discovered Promethium Element 61 while doing defense-related activity in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. Not by becoming a lesbian at college! Now you hear the little pucker fake noises that are going on. Well, that's her kissing on her new main squeeze, Mickey, who then confronts Arby when he finds out that he is there. This is the famous Arby? Smell familiar? Um, yes, okay. I'm getting hints of patchouli oil. I believe that she's now bumping tacos. Mm, taco. Oh, okay, gotta get back into this. And he wants to know what this protest is exactly for. Mickey explains that it's to claim back the land for her people, Native Americans, to which Arby explains... Your people? I don't see any Native Americans around here! All I see are a bunch of white people in Tevas! After to which we are now introduced to the chief, who is a stereotype of all Native Americans. Dress head to toe in native garb while being pissed drunk. Way to go, guys. What's next? The chicken place is going to be franchised by a black man? Uh, well, after arguing with Mickey, Arby then knows how to get revenge. Oh no. Fuck no. No one told me this was a musical. Is this what I get for the gore and the TNA? No. Nope. That's it. That's it. Done. Not going to do this anymore. Sorry. Bye. Bye. Fine. 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 I'll continue. But I'm doing this on a protest, damn it. Now, I want to play you the songs, well, because they're not that bad. I mean, they're kind of cheesy. And in the film, they're poorly dubbed on top of this really bad lip syncing. But that's kind of the charm of these songs. So instead of inserting them through the review, I'm going to place them all at the end after the plug so you can listen to them. That way, those of you who don't want to hear it can be happy and those that can, uh, or do want to hear it, I should say, uh, can at the end of the episode. Sound like a plan? Okay, well, there's a whole production and fanfare uh, throughout this musical number. Arby dances with Mickey to prove some sort of point, I guess. And he also compares himself to Jesus on the cross. And also has this sweet breakdancing scene that's much better than the steampunk guy from Ghoulies. Uh, well, maybe they're actually kind of about the same. So to Arby, revenge is a dish, best served fried, and to show Wendy he can be a real man for her, he'll get a job at ACB. He finishes his song and dance, then goes inside to get the job. This is where we first meet Paco, who is checking out one of the boxes on the counter. We know he's Latino, as his first line is, Que estas pasando? Or, what's going up here for all those who don't speak Spanish like me? The funny thing is, at the time, I was watching this with my wife, who does speak Spanish, and she called him a second language Latino, as it should have been esta instead of estas. Nonetheless, he's another stereotype in the film full of stereotypes. He inspects the box, 
uh, and it has this egg that's very veiny and pulsing and kind of green. He drops it on the floor, and it just kind of rolls away underneath one of the like uh, stoves that are there. I'm sure there'll be more on that later. Then we meet the owner, Denny. And Denny is, oh, god damn it, movie. Denny's the name in fast food franchising's my game. Well, that and hungry, hungry hippos. <laughs> of course, he's a black guy. Of course, black guy that owns a franchise based around fried chicken. <sighs> okay, well, Arby asks him for a job, and Danny goes ahead and agrees to it, giving him a tour of the place and just introducing him to the rest of the team, but not before frying up a chicken. Hey, Denny, is it normal for chickens that have been dead and frozen for weeks to scream in excruciating pain like that? Hey, Arby, that wasn't a scream. That was just an uh, air pocket bursting and, um... Begging for help. Hmm. We've already met Paco, so what other stereotype, I mean, employees are there around here? Well, first, there's Hamas, who Denny keeps trying to call Hamas, who happens to be a Middle Eastern Muslim, I assume, uh, that works in the back of the restaurant and constantly is praying to Mecca. See, that's how I assume. Then there is Carl Jr., our hillbilly. How do you know he's a hillbilly? Well, not only does he have that look, you know, beard, ass hanging out, and that shit-eating grin on his face, but Arby knows Carl Jr., and they went to high school together. And supposedly, they debated about bestiality, where Arby was con and Carl Jr. here was pro. Did you get that? He likes to fuck animals and she wears a burka. After meeting these lovely people, Arby is told by Denny that he's going to be the counter girl. Wait, counter girl? But he's a dude, right? Nope. Now they've got Arby in a Girl Scout outfit. I think I know where this film is going. Regardless of the outfit that Arby now wears, it's time for the grand opening. Denny gets fired up and opens the door to... no one. I guess there's a ton of protesters outside and they must be blocking everybody from coming in. Right? Right? You fools! Ah! You fools! You fools! You fools! This restaurant is built on ancient Tromahawk tribe sacred Indian burial ground! Get out while you still can! Get out! Save yourselves! Save yourselves! Um, I'll have the Sloppy Jose value meal, and please substitute the cola with a clockwork garnish. Thank you. Holy crap, that was Ron Jeremy for his only role in the film. I guess some of the film's $450,000 budget went to giving him those cheesy set of lines. Well, after this, we finally get a scene with a place full of customers. Arby is talking to this customer, and he's absolutely amazed who it is. And to be honest, I thought he was still talking to Ron. But nope, it's a Jared from Subway joke. Now, this is 2007, so this is before everything went down. And, you know, once Arby finally says Jared's name... It cuts around and shows a line, and there happens to be a dude that's like 400, 500 pounds standing there with a Jared name tag on him. He asks for some sandwich that consists of slop, a shit ton of lettuce, and extra jizz gravy. I mean, it's supposed to be normal gravy, but there's nothing that white or solid that's just flour, fat, and some seasoning. Someone's been giving it the special sauce. While prepping the meal, another one of those veiny eggs drops onto the plate and gets delivered to the front. Fat Eric just grabs the egg, looks at it perplexingly, and then decides, what the fuck, I'm hungry, and eats the egg in one bite. It's at this moment, he suddenly needs to shit, and he needs to shit badly. Instead of just running to the restroom, he of course takes his food with him, goes into the bathroom. What happens next is one of the most vile movie moments in this movie, and shit go- does go down later, trust me. 
as Jared sits on the toilet, we get a nice up-close ass shot of him with Pooh kind of covering the cracks uh, on the john itself. Then Poop starts to come out and he continues to eat while pooping. This cuts to the inside of the restaurant and Wendy has now come inside to ask whether or not Arby is doing this job just to spite her. It's a pretty good gag as Wendy shows different images of chicken atrocities that are not limited to O.J. Simpson with the chicken, uh, chicken concentration camps, and to that one image of the lady pointing her finger at the prisoners, now represented as chickens. Arby asks Wendy to feel his breaking heart, all the while there are pooping and farting noise blasting over his request. Mickey shows up, and Arby then gives some sort of impassioned speech about how this is America, and this restaurant and its owner embody that spirit. After that, you know what time it is? Ass, titties, ass and titties. Ass, ass, titties, titties, ass and titties. Ass, titties, ass and titties. Ass, ass, titties, titties, ass and titties. I gotta say, there are a ton of topless scenes in this movie. Also, I noticed that only in the first scene does Wendy ever really wear a bra. It's like she's been liberated by her now lesbian status. After some silly scenes of them making out including, uh, you know, Arby trying to get his clothes off to, uh, you know, the girls making out to him licking Carl Jr.'s hairy chest, uh, we get to find out that this, of course, was actually a daydream, and Arby has really been humping the cash register. He is the best, you know. Then, the vile scene I talked about begins. Now, I do say that you need to see the scene for yourself to truly understand how odd and disgusting the scene is. I'm okay with gore, but this really got under my skin a little bit. It starts at about 22 minutes into the movie. I'd say either pause this, watch it, and come back, or watch it after you've listened to this episode completely. Okay, ready? It's at this point that we cut back to Jared on the toilet. He's still eating and pooping his heart out. On the video I watched when they went into the toilet camera, the poop that was pushing his way out of his butt was blocked by this big sensor bar. I can't say whether or not it's actually uncensored on maybe the DVD or the original print, but I'm also not going to find out for you. So the pooping gets more and more painful until Jared poops out the egg, which hatches and then goes right back up his ass, causing him to fall to the floor. Then the poo geyser happens. He just shits all over the walls, toilet, floor, and even himself. We keep getting shots of his ass flinging shit everywhere. It's like, well, you know that episode of South Park where Cartman is hired by Butters to paint his parents' house with poop? Now imagine instead of using rollers and paintbrushes, he and the workers that he used uh, had giant fire hoses filled with poop to paint the walls. Yeah, it's pretty damn bad. Eventually, the body itself starts caving in, and it's actually a really good-looking effect. You see his head shrink in and all the fat, kind of, and this giant section of his stomach open up, and he pops out. Or, uh, I'm not sure if it's him or if it's like the chicken thing that pops out of his body. So, it goes back, and Arby's knocking on the door to check in on him, and the guy actually comes to the door and claims that he's skinny now, but he's entirely covered in shit and blood. Arby's very happy for him. But then when he turns in, he sees the devastation that has been left behind. He calls over Denny, and Denny tells him exactly what it needs to be done. Well, goddammit, Arby! I ain't doing this shit this time! But why not? Because you're doing it! This leads to the next song in the movie, Fast Food Love. This song's a little better than last, but the ADR for the song is actually pretty bad. 
It starts with Arby in the bathroom, cleaning up, singing about how much he misses and loves Wendy. He even makes a shit heart for her on the wall with the sponge he's been using. Aw, how sweet. I wish someone would do that for me. <sighs> oh, and hey, it's a duet. So Wendy is outside singing along with the protesters. They do a couple weird flashbacks. Like they go back to the time where they were having sex in the beginning of the movie. And the creepy guy with the axes there holding a lighter. As well as the undead arms that are busting out of the ground. They're all holding lighters too. She even goes up and drives into the drive-thru. Where Arby meets her at the window and gives her flowers. And then like pours or squeezes ketchup on top of them. I don't really get it. But yeah, there we go. It goes back to the bathroom. That's a little cleaner now. Uh, and Arby's got the finger, which could have sworn he thrown away earlier in the film when he was disgusted that Wendy was a lesbian. But he has it, he, and he's getting ready to lube it up to stick it right back up his ass while also reading a copy of Big Butt Joy. Uh, then it just cuts over into Wendy's room, is what I imagine. And Mickey's on the bed. She's topless. Uh, there's a bunch of lesbians around there from the protest. They're all dancing around. And then fucking Arby jumps out dressed like Jamie Kennedy in Malibu's Most Wanted, drinking a 40 and being hella street, yo. He's wearing the fring around his neck like it's uh, a fucking gold chain with a Flava Flav clock on top of it. Uh, They keep singing, and the protester girls start to take their tops off as well while they're dancing around the room. Man, this movie goes from shit to boobs in less than two minutes. There's one girl out of the girls that she tries to twerk, but she ain't got no ass, so it just looks like boobs bouncing. Then, the song finally ends. Thank you. And we're introduced to the colonel, and of course, he gets a song too. Nothing really to say about this one, as it's pretty straightforward. It's all outside in front of the restaurant, and it's basically just a protester versus colonel song with some horrible ADR and dancing moves from the girls. When he's introduced, we also get this running gag of him not calling Denny by his actual name. It's kind of silly, and I'm not sure why they decided to keep it in. And he managed also to call Mickey a man. And when asked where the bodies of the Native Americans are, he tells them that they're in a good place. Cut right to hummus, throwing them in a dumpster behind the restaurant. I would also like to mention that the the chicken mascot uh, that's also there with them. This is definitely where they kind of skimped on the budget for the different costumes. I know it's an independent movie and it's meant to look kind of cheesy, but it seriously looks like the wind will break it if just the slightest of gusts hit it. After the song concludes, uh, he states that he has a better ad campaign than Jesus, where the you know media outside also agrees with the colonel. And we go back into the kitchen, where Paco is making sloppy Jose's. He's basically throwing chicken bones and guts into a giant shredder. It's pretty nasty as they're all bloody and gooey at the same time. Kind of like if uh, someone threw up, a dog ate it, he shit it out, then a second dog ate it, threw that up, and then someone took a shit on top of that throw up. Well, maybe it's not that bad, but you kind of get the idea. So as Denny and the colonel leave the kitchen, Paco grabs a chair and starts jerking off in front of the shredder to give it that special sauce. See, I knew their shit had jizz in it. Before Paco can finish, it cuts back to where Arby meets the guy in the chicken suit. Since he thinks that the chicken is going to kill him, he decides to cover his face with his hands, which are coincidentally still covered with shit. Then he drops to his knees. The person in the chicken suit pulls off his mask and reveals that it's, oh hey, Lloyd Kaufman in the role. I love the fact that he put himself in this movie, and he's basically just a mirror for Arby, though of course Arby's too stupid to realize what exactly is going on. 
He's even wearing the same Girl Scout uniform with a matching thong and has the same Go Yankees tattoo on his ass cheek that Arby has. Shit, even the story about his life that he tells Arby is exactly the same, even down to the girl that he loves. Another 13 years and I'll have enough money to be reunited with my best girl at college. Who happens to be named Wendy. It's then bent to Paco trying to jizz in the shredder. Paco claims that he's a revolutionary to Hummus, who's now been praying in the corner to Mecca. You see, Hummus, I'm doing this because I am a freedom fighter. I am Che Guevara, Martin Sheen, and Janine Garofalo rolled into one fabulous burrito of political activism. By masturbating in this food, I am waking up the world. Viva la revolucion! Oh, that, that still gets me. Well, then... It goes into chicken vision. Well, basically you hear clucks and it turns green. So the chicken stalks its Paco prey. And just when you think Paco is about to come, the chicken knocks him into the shredder right in front of hummus in geysers of blood. I'm not kidding. It goes on for almost a minute with pieces of Paco flying through the air and blood spraying everything. It's kind of like that pit and army of darkness. There's just a shit ton of blood that just spews everywhere. You got pieces of Paco here. You got blood all over the walls. Hell, there's even laser fire sound effects that they use to convey the blood shooting out. When the blood finishes flying and finally died, Danny and the Colonel turn the corner, prompting Hamas to say, Oh, Shiite. Oh, Shiite indeed, Hamas. Oh, Shiite. Hamas tries to tell them that it was the chicken that did it, which just happens to be hanging out on the switch for the shredder. Sure, I might not believe her either. But the chicken is looking mighty suspicious over there, with its no head and no eyes. While this is happening, they cut back to the restaurant, and it's time for Lloyd's song. This one is just kind of about what Lloyd did as a kid and wishes he didn't do. And then Arby also sings along with him, saying what he's not going to do and not going to make the same choices. It's kind of standard, and nothing really special happens in this scene. Uh, the only thing that we get is that Lloyd plays a chicken bone like a flute. Arby pretends to play guitar on the mop. And then Arby actually serves Lloyd with his feminine dancing. Ha! You just got effed in the A. Arby goes back to the kitchen where the Colonel, Denny, and Hummus are talking. Though she barely says anything anyways. Now, to say Arby is stupid is a huge understatement. It's like saying that politicians never lie to get what they want. It's hard to keep a straight face when saying either statement. When he asks about Paco... The colonel tells him that he's gone home for the day. Arby looks around the room, sees all the blood, sings a mangled body part with Paco's frickin' name on it, and says, Oh, okay, he's gone home. The colonel urges him to go up to the front to watch the counter, because who knows what the customers could possibly be doing. And in this case, they're kind of swaying back and forth to hippie-style music. I think it's Fish. And explains to Denny what exactly to do. We're staying open. Well, listen, sir, I don't think... Now, 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 yeah, I know, I know, I know. Sure, sure, Paco had a horrible accident and died. But don't you worry. American Chicken Bunker will pay him for the full day. <laughs> and for God's sakes, keep your yap shut. All I need is for those hippies out there to find out somebody died here on opening day. Even if it was just a filthy, illiterate, homo Mexican. Did I mention that he's the southern racist stereotype? could have sworn i did well you know now so they leave hummus to clean everything up and she claims that the chickens have claimed a jihad on us all and then looks around the room and sees all the blood in the walls and thinks huh 
I need a tampon. <laughs> Fellas, yeah, I wouldn't give that a rim shot either. Now Carl Jr. shows back up, and he takes the chicken that's hanging there on the shredder and goes with it into the back room to possibly, I don't know, put it away? Uh, he, I don't think he's going to do what we think he's going to do. Meanwhile, there's a priest in the front that finds a penis in his sloppy Jose, and Arby says, oh, I'll go get you a new one, and it's going to be on the house. He goes in the back and makes a sandwich for him, but with a low and behold, it comes to life, and a shittier puppet than those in the ghoulies comes and talks to Arby. Arby, how dare you let that priest nibble on my cock? What are you, the Catholic Church? Holy shit, is that you, Paco? Well, I ain't chopped the liver. Now scoop me off of this bun and give me a proper burial. Trust me, Holmes, you got enough pissed-off spirits looking to take a bite out of your tight, tasty ass. What are you talking about? Look, now that I'm dead, I've decided to stop living a lie. I'm gay, Arby. Queer as a well-known Scientologist Hollywood actor. Now there is some bad shit headed your way, honey. Oh my god, what? By building an ACB on sacred ground, the general united two of the most disenfranchised races on the planet. Displaced Native Americans and the billions of chickens sent to the concentration coops. There hasn't been such a lethal combination of chicken and Indians since Tanjuri was introduced to the American people. Well... I'm glad that he's now an undead mangled meat burger. He can finally admit that he's gay and proud. Also, what? So not only are we dealing with the chicken undead here, but we're also dealing with the undead Native Americans and they've joined forces? Hold on to your butts, people. We're dealing with the pissed off Native American chicken undead. Hey, the fellas came through there. This lethal combination of displaced Native Americans and concentration coop chickens can only be stopped by one thing, and Paco has the answer. But before he's able to tell Arby, the colonel walks in with the mass media, and he tries to prove to them that everything is okay. Even with the blood splatter all over the walls, that's just their new wallpaper. And he asks them, or will he ask Arby to, uh, for a sloppy Jose. And Arby doesn't want to give it to him, because it's Paco. But... Colonel, of course, reaches over, grabs the sloppy Jose, and eats Paco. What will stop these chickens now? Well, before we can find out, we get to go into the back room with Carl Jr., who starts to tell the chicken how he knew when he needed to drop out of Harvard. Let me get this straight. Arby is dumb because his mom is a retard and his dad is blind. I know, it makes no sense to me either. But Billy Joe Bob here dropped out of fucking Harvard and is pro-bestiality? What's next? You're going to tell me that Wendy isn't a real lesbian and she was just gay for the stay at college? <laughs> anyway, so we get to see Carl Jr. romance the stuff, I mean, chicken. He pours some of his liquor on top of it and the chicken begins to burn. That's odd. Not sure why it's doing that, but uh, let's move on. After some more <sighs> sweet talking, Carl decides that it's, yep, you guessed it, time to fuck the chicken carcass. No, that's not what's not that's needed here, fellas. You knew that was going to happen at some point. At least he had the wherewithal to put a condom on before doing the deed. So while he's going to pound town, he flips the chicken to fuck the throat. Well, I'm, I can't be quite sure here, and you'll see why in a second. Now, I also never thought that I would have said something like that on a podcast, but... Well, here we are. So while throat fucking, god damn it, this chicken, it somehow grows teeth and latches onto his dick. 
So uh, this is where I don't get it. So he was first fucking the normal side, and then he flipped it around. Well, when the teeth latch onto his dick, the opposite side grows a chicken head. So was it like teeth, and he was maybe throat fucking it first, and then he flipped it around, and he's doing the vagina, and the vagina got teeth? Well, we shouldn't spend too much time thinking about this. He tries pulling it off, tries beating it off, tries choking it off, tries lubing it off, but nothing seems to work. Uh, all of a sudden, green and red blood starts spraying everywhere at the force of that poo geyser that we saw in the, uh, earlier in the film. Carl runs to the kitchen right as Hummus finishes cleaning the kitchen and just starts spraying everything. He makes sure to soak all the chicken buckets filled with chicken uh, that... They're completely covered in his, like, green jizz blood mixture. Unsure of what to do, Hummus grabs her mop and then starts beating the now chicken's head that's attached to Carl's dick. Arby comes in, and when he does, Hummus reaches back for another swipe, knocks out Arby with the top of the mop, and then manages to also hit Carl Jr. and spin him around, leaving his butt exposed. Oh, no, 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 please don't, please don't, he doesn't deserve this, ah, shit, the mop goes right up his asshole, and then comes out of his dick. Well, at least he's got a nice woody to last him the rest of his life, right? And the chicken was taken off at the same time, hey, that's a twofer, I mean, he lost his rectum, but at least he's got his dignity and pride, right? Plus, he got some of that sweet, sweet chicken poon. Well, Denny runs into the kitchen and sees the devastation left over by Carl getting his manhood bitten off, then shoved off by the broomstick. There's a bad Denny's joke. Wait a second. Why did it take me so long to realize this? Their names are all based around food. Damn it, I feel as dumb as Arby right now. Even Mickey is based around the fact that she was has drugged uh, Wendy over to be a lesbian. It's also at this point in the film that Arby has this revelation as well. Guys! This is not a terrorist thing. And this is not a sodomy thing. This is an angry chicken Indian spirit thing. The colonel then busts in and is more worried about the restaurant than the amount of blood on the floors, walls, and food. Arby pleads with the colonel to take Carl Jr. to the hospital, but the colonel ain't having that shit. Instead, he orders everyone to grab the now-mutated buckets of chicken and head outside to the protesters. Free chicken will surely help quell the cause, right? Right when they're about to leave, Arby gives Carl Jr. some of his whiskey, and some weird green shit starts bubbling out of his mouth. That's pretty odd, too. I wonder if that... Nah, it, it can't be. Outside, the colonel parades his free chicken to the hungry crowd. Surprisingly, Mickey takes some of the chicken and starts to chow down. Wendy then confronts Mickey about eating the chicken. But what about the Indians? The chickens, the protesting. This is bigger than all of us. This chicken is the American dream. I can hear America what? what is right but it's because of this speech that she turns the crowd to the colonel's side it fills him with joy and he remembers what his old pappy told him oh it's just like my old grandpappy used to say hey junior get over here with them matches this cross ain't gonna burn itself what uh, I mean, uh, uh, this chicken ain't gonna eat itself! Eat up, everybody! <laughs> of course, during this scene, someone is eating the rectum of poor old Carl Jr. One person comes up to the colonel and asks what the hell this green pulsating thing on the chicken is. 
These are those new flavor pods. Bursting with flavor in every bite and possibly turning you into... Uh, but I'm getting ahead of myself here. As everyone swarms the restaurant to get their hands on the chicken, Winnie is left crying outside alone as Mickey has now disappeared. We then go inside the manager's office and... What the fuck? Now the colonel's dressed up like some sort of baby and Mickey is throwing baby powder all on top of him. And she's wearing what looks like either baby powder bottles or like diaper wipe containers possibly like styrofoam containers over her boobs. Mickey explains that their plan worked and then opens what are confirmed to be to-go containers, dropping pieces of the colonel's chicken on top of the colonel as Wendy walks in the room. Wendy tries to confront her and Mickey just tells it like it is. Oh, sweet little Wendy. You can be so naive. I mean, the future of this country is branding and franchising and... There's no stopping it, so I decided to follow the money. Denny then runs in and tells that something is wrong with the customers. They all go into the dining room, and the people are puking this weird green shit everywhere. Not like, you know, literal shit, even though it has some of the same type of qualities. But, you know, they're just puking. Arby is running around, trying to grab all the puke in a chicken bucket, but he ultimately fails miserably, slipping on the floor and dumping the puke on top of his head. Wendy raises a stink and asks if the colonel's chicken is really safe. And she tries to get him to prove this by having him eat a piece of the bubbling chicken that he calls to be healthy and nutritious. He eventually does, and for the moment, everything seems fine. Oh my god! My ass! Ah! The colonel runs to the bathroom, throwing some wheelchair kid out of the way. Out of the way, bitch! Now... I'm half expecting another poo geyser to come up here from the last bathroom scene that we had. But luckily, instead what we get is the colonel just shitting out a chicken egg. A zombie chick pops out of the egg and then there comes the chicken fight. They battle for a little bit, throwing each other against the walls. The chicken bites the colonel's nose and then the colonel ends up ripping off the head of the chicken with his mouth. Green blood flows all over the bathroom. I wonder if Denny will actually clean it this time. It then comes back to the crew, and Arby has forgiven Wendy for becoming a lesbian protester. Aw, isn't love nice? Then all of a sudden, Carl Jr. has come back to life and slowly transforms into a chicken-zombie-human hybrid, uh, and he also happens to have that wooden dick now. The dude even manages to grow feathers during this confrontation. But the funny thing is, the mop ends up getting stuck in some sort of like ice machine or whatever type of kitchen equipment they have there, and Carl Jr. is unable to pursue them any further. Then the colonel comes back from the bathroom, covered in blood and screaming. The chicken! The chickens come back from the dead! We gotta get out of here! This triggers something in Denny's memory, who goes into a story about some horrible chicken accident that he was a part of, while the colonel slowly starts to change over. His face bubbles, his tongue falls out, his nails start to like rip themselves off of his hands, and then he even leaks green shit all over the place, while the rest just munch on what looks like knockoff Oreos. You know, when you go to the grocery store and you don't buy the normal ones, you buy the crappy ones that are like gold and regular? Well, and even Carl Jr. decides to eat one of these, and they all listen intently to Danny's story. It actually looks like a really painful transformation that's going on to the colonel, and it's a good job with the effects. I mean, it's it's pretty easy, but the bubbling face effect is really kind of cool. The nails falling off are cool, and then when he's starting to uh, blow up, that looks pretty good. And towards the end of it, 
the kernel actually turns to a giant chicken egg. Then it explodes into a Native American chicken kernel monster. At the end of Danny's story, this now Colonel Chicken monster attacks and rips off Danny's head. It's truly amazing how surprised these people all are by this giant Native American chicken. I mean, Danny's story just must be the most enthralling thing uh, that the sounds of a giant exploding chicken out of a shell are just completely ignored. Well, after ripping off the head of Denny, the chicken throws it at the group on the floor and they play a little round of hot potato with the head. They run into the dining room and the carnage and best set of scenes in the movie happen. Now, I'm not lying when I say that this part is pretty much batshit insane. It's something that you really do need to watch. Starts at about an hour and eight minutes and continues for about four to five minutes. But there's so much stuff in it that it feels like it's much longer. I literally thought it took like 20 minutes just because I was enamored with everything that was going on. So I'm going to run down just what you kind of see, what my first sights were. uh, But I'm pretty sure that there might be other stuff that I missed. So first there's a guy on the counter having his arm cut off. Then he gets his leg cut off where he says, no, that's my soccer leg. And then what they do is they move it to the counter and then they start chopping it up and put it in the chicken bucket like it's pieces of chicken legs. Then there's a guy that's being eaten by some chicken zombie people who should have really read the Yelp review on this place before he came. There's lesbian chicken zombies making out and rubbing each other's boobs. An elderly lady rips off this fat chick's face and then begins to eat it uh, directly. I know it's fattening, but I love the skin. I hate the skin. Another lady gets taken to the sandwich slicer and has her face sliced thin, but not paper thin, because that's how good delis do it, by the way. There are chicken zombies cracking heads over the stove and cooking their brains like scrambled eggs. Another is deep frying another person's face as well as ripping out some dude's nads and throwing them in the deep fryer to get them just golden brown. Any longer than that and those balls will be ruined, I say. Ruined! Back to the dining room table and some dude bro chicken zombies going after one of the lesbian dancers and manages to rip off her shirt, exposing more boobs. He digs them, so he asks her to dance for her life. Keep on dancing, lesbian, or you'll be eaten alive. Another two zombies, they've grabbed a guy by each leg, and they decide that they're going to wishbone him before they decide to eat him. Have I mentioned already that this is batshit insane? And that there's... Uh, the now the, the freaking priest is praying in the corner right there's another th- like chicken leg not like a chicken biting a leg but an actual chicken leg that's now like eating the neck of this guy uh and there's also chicken nuggets that freaking fly out at this guy and totally cave his head in then we reach another one of my favorite little like mini characters that shows up in big mitch you fucking feather freaks can't fuck with me because Big Mitch has got a big tool. Ah! I got bitch titties. Ah! Ah! No, those aren't bitch titties. Those happen to be eggs that are protruding, like, protruding out of his, where, well, I guess where his man titties would be. And then they hatch and they're like little chicks. Then one of the chicken zombies comes by and starts baby birding each of those chicks' human flesh and then starts shoving it down Big Mitch's throat. Uh, you get another scene of a guy getting his balls ripped off. And then we get back finally to the group of Hummus, Mickey, and Arby, as well as Wemby, Wendy as they're backed into a corner. Now, before going on, I'm, I know, like I said, there's probably more that I'm missing from the scene that I just can't quite remember. But the gore effects for everything are really well done for this type of film. 
I mean, this is where they probably put most of their thought and uh, money towards. And on the bonus side, they're all practical effects, which is pretty awesome. There's really only that intro CG scene where you have the egg uh, that turns into an eye. Sure, some of the puppets kind of look like shit and the costumes are just okay. And, well, the guys just kind of look like they were shot from a fire hose. But the gore effects in this are pretty fantastic. Like I said, it's only four minutes long, but you should really watch this whole scene. Now back to the group. So they're cornered, and who pops out to save the day? Why, it's Lloyd with a machine gun. (laughs) When asked where he got the gun, Lloyd gives them his plan. Say, where did you get this gun? (laughs) I got a whole stash of them here. I keep them hidden here with the children's promotional items. I was going to be an alienated employee who kept to himself and then went on a murderous rampage this afternoon. After all, how else could I get a name for myself? That doesn't seem creepy at all, does it? Well, now it's time to put an end to ACB and let these Native Americans rest in peace. But first, hey, Danny's back. And in chicken form. They say he's come back as a blackened Cajun chicken and he bites Lloyd's face. Arby grabs one of the guns and then proceeds to take down Denny after a very cheesy one-liner. They go to the front of the door and think of a way to escape, but there's a zombie horde out there slowly trying to come into the restaurant. Mindy begins to worry because... They'll break through faster than the five minutes it took me to turn Wendy into a full-blown lesbian! Damn it! We need action before they turn the glass into lesbians! Poor Wendy. Becoming a full-blown lesbian is one of the few things you can actually go full. Of course, she does manage to save the day at this point by turning the open sign to closed, which causes all the zombies to slow their attack and stop and just wait in the parking lot. We then found out that Lloyd is actually still alive, yet he's dying uh, slowly but surely and starts to become a, a chicken, but not before telling Arby that he needs to change his path because Lloyd is him, and if he doesn't change, he will become what Lloyd has become. Out of the middle of nowhere at this point, this pregnant chick who happens to be smoking, and I don't know how the hell she survived, maybe chickens don't go after pregnant people, and uh, tells the group that they need to help find her daughter. Mickey decides to say fuck that, and she needs to split, and decides that, oh hey, the best way to get out of here is to dress in Lloyd's chicken costume, because then I'm going to look like a chicken and the zombies are going to totally ignore me. And the others agree to find the little girl because that's going to take 30 minutes and that's about how much we have left in this film. Mickey seems to be making it outside just fine until she gets to her car and is startled by the Native American chief from the beginning of the movie. Karma's a bitch, isn't it, Mickey? Also, why aren't the chickens attacking the chief? Is it because he's Native American? I guess that makes sense since they're all Native American chicken zombies, right? They would leave him alone, and he's kind of disenfranchised. And he's pissed drunk. Well, it looks like they got also got the whole city here to be these extras, because there's a lot of freaking chicken zombies. Back on the inside, the priest is somehow still alive as well, and they all talk and decide to split up. Everyone's going to go to the back, while the pregnant woman will go into the zombie chicken-infested kitchen. She, of course, at that point gets eaten. One of the chicken zombies has returned with one of my favorite puns in the film. I'm going to kill you all. Katie? Cock-a-doodle-doom! <laughs> Carl Jr. then comes out and attacks, but is taken down by Arby and crew. As he's dying, Arby tries to reach at him, knowing that the real Carl is inside that body. And eventually, 
Carl calls out for whiskey, which Arby oblige, and that ultimately kills Carl. Of course, all makes sense now. Alcohol and Native Americans don't mix. How did I not realize this that much earlier into this review? Well, Mickey stumbles back into the kitchen with the chicken suit still on. Wendy and Arby go to the back to check on her, but Arby starts getting upset when Wendy shows more interest in her now that she might actually be dying. He goes back to the front, and then Mickey, who is now turned into a chicken zombie, springs into attack and tries to kill Wendy with her now giant cock. And I'm not talking about her just having a giant penis. I'm talking about her having a penis that's in the shape of a chicken. And it tries to choke her. So while Wendy struggles for her life, Arby is still fucking retarded. One minute she's with me, then the next minute she's all melodramatic about her dead girlfriend. The girls, they are so fucking fickle. It, it drives me nuts. I hear you, dog. But there is the off chance that Mickey has turned into a demon and is trying to kill Wendy right now. I doubt that. <laughs> well, even getting that type of advice from both the priest and Hamas, he eventually is convinced to go back and check on her. And then that's when he sees that the chicken cock is trying to choke her to death. He goes in and gives the list of some of the cheesiest one-liners that you've ever heard about masturbation. Get off my girlfriend, you casino owner! Carpet munching demon! Ah! 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 How do I get you off? Ah! I will get you off! Ah! I'll beat you off! Ah! Yeah! That's what I'm being beat! Ah! Yeah! Ah! I will choke the chicken! I'm gonna choke the chicken! Yeah! yeah! like my job here is done as you can hear after all of these clever one-liners the chicken cock sprays arby in the face with his green chicken goo zombie lord then comes out and rustles arby to the ground and punches arby in the face with a clever pun hamas comes around the corner and drinks tons of meat steroids to become super hamas by the power of allah i have Looking like Super Shredder, this allows Arby and Wendy to run back into the dining room and escape. Now bulked up, Super Hamas begins to grow, and then her eyes pop out, and then she suddenly blows up. Well, not sure what happens there. Guess it's just too much steroids for a little lady like that to handle. The two zombies run into the dining room to get Wendy and Arby. The priest stops them with a cross, but that doesn't work. And then they, he produces a picture of Mel Gibson on a mocked-up Passion of the Christ called Passion of the Crazy DVD. And that doesn't work. Silly priest. You know that Mel Gibson and Jesus aren't real, and it doesn't work for zombie chickens. So they decide to kill the priest by stomping on his head. And then Arby, after running into a keg, finally figures it out. Arby, look. Beer! Wendy, you fucking drunk. Now is not the time. <gasps> Wendy, do you remember when I asked the Carl Jr. zombie how to kill the monsters? And he was like, alcohol! And then he died? Well, I was thinking, what if he wasn't really being a dick and he was trying to tell me that alcohol kills them? Now, the reason I think this is, when we first met the chief, he was drunk and he couldn't form a coherent sentence. Then, when the Paco Bell sandwich told me that Indians had possessed the chickens and that the only way to stop them was to use their one true weakness? Well, that got me thinking. Well, not really. I was still picturing you going down on Mickey. 
But then when you said, Arby, look, beer, and I accuse you of being a fucking drunk, that got me thinking that Native Americans have an intolerance for... I did it! I killed them! Of course, Wendy is able to kill them before Arby can finish his thoughts, but yes, alcohol is the answer. That's my best try at a horn. So, then there's the spring spree, where more zombies come after them. They run out of beer ammo, and they run into the back of the restaurant. Somehow, Hummus is still alive, and she'll explain later on how, but not really. Uh, And the back room has now become all weird with these eggs everywhere. And hey, it's that random girl that they were looking for. Arby somehow pulls her mom's head out of somewhere, possibly his ass, and then ends up giving it to the little girl. Then, all of a sudden, the Colonel Chicken Zombie is back. The eggs begin to hatch, and Arby comes to his final realization of the film. I know, Wendy. But I just want you to know that I realize now why you left me. Besides the fact that I had the social skills and mental skills of a shit-covered mongoloid, I, I had no drive, no ambition. I used my parents' disabilities as, a, as an excuse to avoid college, to avoid growing up. But what I know now is... You need a man, not a boy, a man to drive you, a man to inspire you, a man to support you in the emotional way, not the financial way, just to make that clear. A man to complete you. Give me one more minute, okay, just one more minute. A man to love and to respect you, even if that man you chose was a woman. Uh, even the chicken wants to move this along and yet he has a song so we get with the last song of the film which is all done by the chicken zombie and honestly i hope that we were actually done with the songs at this point since we've had some really good scenes that to go through uh so they dance kind of happily while the chicken sings about killing him now all of a sudden the moment of truth has come will the colonel eat our surviving heroes well first he gets a stomach ache and then blows up. Well, that was anticlimactic. Yeah. That sure was, Wendy. That sure was. Turns out that Paco has saved the day by killing the colonel. Amazing how it was still in the chicken zombie, even though it was in the colonel. Uh, wait, he's the one that ate it, right? And then the chicken exploded from it being inside of him? Wouldn't... Did it transfer the right way? That doesn't make any sense. Okay, okay. I know. I know. It's just a movie. I'll have to let that one go. So to finally get rid of the whole chicken zombie menace, Hummus shreds her clothes and reveals a bikini. God damn it, movie! Not again. I mean, seriously, there are stereotypes and there are stereotypes. You can't really keep doing this type of thing. Almost done, almost done, almost done. So Arby, Wendy, and the little girl run outside, and Arby turns around, thinks twice that he's got to say Hummus, and the building explodes. There's one last little jump scare in the movie, but it's just the drunk chief again. Oh, drunk Native Americans. You're so damn funny. The three of them drive off in Arby's car. Arby gives the girl a beer to calm down. And the last lesson in the movie is now upon us. And this is what we've learned. You know, it's time to start living our lives right. No more dead-end jobs for Arby. We're safe and sound and the future never looked brighter. And I've learned that protesting big business is narrow-minded and misguided. Maybe by pointing my finger at the corporate elite and special interest groups, I've really just been running away from my own insecurities. 
Isn't that right, little girl? Uh-huh. Must be the beer talking. My friends is poltergeist and yes everybody did die at the end of the movie i honestly don't know really what to say about this movie it's gross it's dumb it's bloody and it's a hell of a lot of fun it lives up to the trauma name even though it doesn't does have that terrible adr and some ugly ass puppets for an independent film the stereotypes are probably the worst part of the thing the whole movie because they're just that they're really blatant, somewhat racist stereotypes. I understand this movie's not trying to be PC, and I don't want it to be PC. I want it to be the way that it is. And everybody gets that stereotype. From the racist colonel, to Denny, the black man that owns the food franchise, to Hummus, who is blamed to bomb the place and actually ultimately does, to the hillbilly how stupid teenagers both wendy and Arby are, and you know it it's not where i want it to be for a film but it doesn't hurt the film all in all i would give the gore in this movie a 10 out of 5 it's excellent it's all over the place i can't give it anything higher than that the craft factor of this movie is a 4 out of 5 and the fun factor is also a 4 out of 5 overall i give this movie a four and a half exploding shitting fat guys out of five it's a fun movie, even with the singing. It's a very non-PC, and it keeps you entertained throughout the film. If you haven't seen this ready for this podcast or have seen it before, uh, i definitely check this movie out if you haven't. So, now we're going to move on to our, what we're going to play for our next episode, and that is the 1999 Full Moon Classic. <laughs> Toast to the founder of the feast. Travis's billion dollar loss is our billion dollar game. Mr. Harrison Ewell. Others now inform you that I am extremely displeased. Your failure compels me to take direct action to remedy this dire situation. Idiots think that we've checkmated Virgil Travis, but I know better. He's still in the game. Virgil Travis is going to try to eliminate all of us. Tsunami. 
These are my latest acquisitions. Don't think of them as competitors. Think of them as new weapons. Who's first? Here we come. <clears throat> Mr. Mascara, let's begin the sequence. That's right. If you don't recognize that trailer, it's Blood Dolls. And it's one of my favorite bad horror movies. It is available from Full Moon's website, as well as streaming on Amazon Instant if you want to watch it before the podcast. As always, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at T underscore T underscore podcast. Catch this podcast. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, now Blueberry, and Spreaker. Always, if you have ideas or movies that you'd like me to watch and check out, please send them to terribleterrorpodcast at gmail.com. And if you do send me an idea... Please give me an idea of where I can find it to watch it. Uh, and no, please, nothing illegal. Just say, hey, it's on YouTube or hey, it's on you know iTunes, Netflix, wherever it may be. You, if you want, you can also contact me directly on my personal Twitter. It's at Toolbert, which is T-0-0-L-B-E-R-T. And as always, you can always listen to It Be Like That with my co-host Patrick. It's a generalized topic blo- uh, podcast that we do. Uh, every other week and next week's release will be our second halloween episode thank you all for listening and don't forget next time we're watching blood dolls peace everybody enjoy the songs when i rolled out of bed today little did i know wendy was gay she dumped me for some hippie Studded nose, she eats a snatch just like a pro in a Jenna Jameson like dyke porno. A feminazi with no bra, she will forbid menage a trois with some two inch man meat like moi. Face double dildo thief Don't know rubber cocks Can't make true queef I Will show them Where's the beef You elitist Assholes full of shit I think I'll do the opposite If Wendy and her broad Protest with this mob I think I'll go inside and get myself a job 
As Jesus said as he died Yo, Biznet, please, revenge is a dish best served fried She will see my cash The dish best served right. <laughs> All of these fried chicken wings that I'm serving. Rest legs and thighs My hunger for you is unswerving Without you my heart starves and dies All these protests and speeches I'm making
parts were like chickens, yours I defrost. To reclaim true love, what is the cost? Could be nostalgia for all that is lost. Could it be that our love is star-crossed? Whoa, I sure miss getting Your shake makes me shiver Your happy meal set from above And this drive through called life Deliver a heavenly slow Fast food love
Kids can learn arithmetic by counting calories. And looking at our menus helps them learn to read. Little scientists can analyze the ingredients in our food. As long as they don't tell mom and dad and get our asses sued. So, my friends, don't fight temptation. Give yourself to taste sensation. Our extreme chicken supreme is made with three different kinds of cheeses. American chicken bunker, we're more popular than Jesus. Our Father, who art in Come gather round RV now, haven't you heard? A career in fast food is like polishing turds. It may shine like a diamond or sparkle a bit, but a turd is a turd, it's still just a shit. I hear what you're saying, you crazy old man. But riches and bitches are part of my plan. A career in fast food, although at first seems untrendy, might win me the heart of my dear Wendy. Just look at me, how pathetic I stand, alone in this land. No chance for romance, just my dick in my hand. No chance for romance, men, boy, why can't you see? Just minimum wage through rotisserie. So smarten up, dumbass, before it's too late. Earn your BFA or your F-U-C-K'd. A Bachelor of Fine Arts is for rich, snobby queers. But for me, it's just debt for another four years. Nope, I'm soaring on wings. Fried golden brown on these flightless birds right out of this town. So listen, old man, why can't you see? Hydrogenated trans fat, SG plus phosphoric acid means gravy for me. Once I was young, my strings were all strung, but dreams and ambition have all turned to dung. I chose to fry, now how dumb was I? All that's left for me now is to die. Yeah, well, that's not for me, I got a plan B. I know it's legit, it's been on TV. I'll be all that I can be in the army, in the army. of bricks. You only think with your dicks. Yeah, well, you old farts are depressing. Now, where's that ranch dressing? Frightening human faces, bodies strewn about. Would you like a last request before I peck your eyeballs out? Mr. Chicken, have compassion. Before our bones you start mashing, can't you see that we're in love? Sorry, I don't give a fuck. We just need to cook shit up. Show no love for the redskin man. He came, you saw, you raped our land. You white devils are a fiendish breed. You know, not love, just death and greed. But I love RV, yes, it's true. In 
to the chickens. We love them too. Bullshit, that's just pillow talk. You lied to us as Plymouth Rock. The last thing that you hear is our squawk. The white man has destroyed our race. Spit Mother Nature's face. Flightless bird you love to eat. Consume you now. The new white meat. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.